If I get Corona, I get Corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had this trip planned. Two, three months. So we're just out here having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. Like, it's really messing up with my spring break. What is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach and they're closing all of it? It's really messing up. I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. I think it's doing way too much. doing us bad. We need a refund. This virus ain't that serious. It's, serious. it's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty. We need to address that. Yeah, I mean, we planned this a long time ago and it was kind of up in the air if we were still go. But, like, we're here. I just turned 21 this year, so I'm here to party. So it's kind of disappointing. But we're just making the most of it. We met these other people in our Airbnb squad. So we're just hanging out with them and trying to get drunk before everything closes. I mean, it sucks, but... We're going to make the best of it. We're enjoying ourselves. It's sucks. And I'm from New Orleans, so this really sucks. However, we're going to enjoy ourselves. We're having day parties all day. It's my birthday, St. Patrick's Day. We're just trying to roll with the boy. We're just living for the moment. We're just going for what we're going to do, what happens, when it happens. When stuff closes, we're going to do it when it closes. But uh, uh, besides that, we're just trying to have the best trip we can.
something you may not know about me. I haven't paid for a drink in over four years. Searching for a heart of gold, and I'm getting old. I was browsing through the power tools display, and I popped my head round the corner, and there, in the next aisle, was Klaus Kinski. Never has a shop full of DIY aficionados clear Keep secret. me searching for a heart of gold Keep me searching and I'm growing old Please Keep me searching for a heart of gold It is now one of my favorite places in the world, but when I was a little boy, any mention of California struck terror in my heart. My mother used to dose me up with California syrup of fix, and then I would have to spend a very unpleasant day dashing up and down the three flights of stairs from our flat to the toilet in the backyard. Back then, Beverly Hills, which now features some of the world's most expensive and luxurious boutiques, was quite a sleepy place with just a few shops, including, bizarrely, a hardware store on Beverly Drive. Chronic diarrhea for me is mild but frightening typhoid. This was just as well because the man who was lining up a hard ground to base on the line of sight and I'd shown no I remember rushing around in the of desperate being knocked by the unbelievable There were many Chronic diarrhea from the Frank Miles is writing a title of a reading in the swarm by hand or unpleasant enough. But neither Sean nor I were ever Thank God for dark brown trousers. I'm Jonah Red. Check your scruples at the door because this is Drink for Free on the Freeloader's Guide to Easy Living. Let the cream rise to the top, oh yeah. I said, yeah, no, I'm living a nightmare. That food means nothing. That food means nothing. Nothing. Nothing means nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. No, I'm living there. nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? But the cream rise to the top. Oh yeah.
stop laughing. It's not fun. You know, this could take anywhere. Fifteen minutes to an hour. Back! Dead! Be a minute, could be a half hour, or an hour. Back! Get it? Hour back? Call you back in an hour. Back! Get it? So we could do this fast. We could do it in an hour. Back! Get it? Hour back! Call you in an hour. Back! Get it? Hour back! Get it? Please. Yeah, best show. Here we go. Different, a little different now. Um, this is Tom Sharpling here in Los Angeles. Uh, not in Forever Dog Studio, not in any studio. If any, if I'm in anything, I'm in, uh, my own little portable studio and it's literally portable. It is a car, and I am driving around in this car in Los Angeles, and this is where we do the best show now. It's from my car. I am being uh, respectful of the roads and not driving stupid, I promise you that. I am in my car driving, and this is how I'm going to do the best show for a little bit. Uh, it will be a combination of uh, me being uh, in a car and me being uh, uh, in a in a room, I guess. So this is uh, this is what the show looks like now. While the world is rocked by the virus, the Corolla virus that's destroying everything and has turned everyone's life into a living nightmare from which we can never awake, seemingly. You get that feeling when you, like, wake up in the morning and you're you're just that first few seconds when you're you're just realizing what reality is again. And, you know, it's like you, you watch a movie and people in movies are, um, they never wake up out of a nightmare like, huh, huh, bolting upright, never happens. Uh, the way you wake up from a nightmare is you, you slowly wake up and then you're like, huh, okay, what, wait, am I in jail? No, I'm figuring, okay, I was dreaming and you just realize you were dreaming and then you're like, okay, none of that bad stuff actually happened and that's what it feels like for a minute and you're okay i'm all right or you realize sometimes i've had uh 
dreams where... Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. You wake up and I'm wondering where I hit the lottery twice in the dream. And, um, and then woke up and I was like, wait. I, uh, I guess I only hit the lottery once. That second time was a, oh, they were both, they were both dreams. I didn't hit the lottery in either. Um, so yeah, that's what this feels like now though, except yeah, I wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm awake. What's, oh, that's right. It's a quarantine, uh, pandemic and everything is ruined and everyone's life has been turned upside down and who knows if we ever work again or, or enjoy our the company of others again and uh yeah it slowly dawns on you and i know we're all in the same boat or very similar boats so um i decided for the show now one element of the show is going to be me doing things in the privacy of uh uh, keeping myself away from everyone. I'll do, uh, sound collages and stuff. And the sound collage started this show off actually was recorded, uh, me by my lonesome. And that'll be a thing. And I'll do those and then I'll do other things and we'll get calls and, and figure that stuff out. But, um, one part of what I'm going to do is since I'm here in Los Angeles and I have this zoom recorder, portable zoom recorder, I'm going to, um, basically drive in my car to to uh people to talk to now you're saying to yourself you can't talk to people in your car i mean you can't go over people's houses and talk to them of course not i'm not an idiot i don't want corolla virus i ain't no moron so what i'm doing is i'm playing it extremely safe and i'm not being cute about this i promise you it's Everything is sanitized. Everything is, um, everything is safe. I have my little zoom recorder here with my microphone that I'm talking into. I, um, I also have a uh, 25 foot mic cord attached to it for a second microphone. And I will throw that mic cord out my window and, um, Someone can pick it up well away from me, far, far away from me. It's 25 foot cord and I will talk to them. They can use their own microphone. And then when we talk at a, uh, safe distance, we'll have a conversation and I'll spool my cord back up. Keep rolling. Just keep, uh, just drive away, wipe the cord down as it comes back in with my sanitizing equipment. Um, and then it won't be, uh, infected and I'll 
uh, do it as a little outreach thing and talk to people and check on people and reach out to people and kind of hopefully draw the bond between people with this, uh, checking in on friends and seeing how we're all holding up and trying to keep some sort of connection going. And then it keeps a connection going with, uh, with you listening and, uh, we will all be talking and sharing and putting it together that way. And look, obviously if it gets too dangerous and, and it's, it's bad, I, it's the last thing I'm going to do is to do something stupid, but I'm abiding by the rules of distancing and I will be keeping my distance. I'm not going to get anybody sick. I'm not going to get sick. And I'm isolating and I am isolated and it's lonely to be alone even if you can be around people. You still are just like you're like where'd the world go? Feels just kind of like the world vanished. Where did it go to? I miss the world. And, um, yeah, it's hard. This is all hard. I, we all gotta maintain our sanity with this. This is bad news. And I know we're at the early stages of something where we're all feeling like we can pull together and we can get through this and, and we can. I do believe that. And I know we can. But it doesn't mean it's not going to be without its um, frustrating and uh, difficult stretches. And um, I don't know. I just figure I'm trying to do what I can. And one of the things I can do is to spend money uh, with with businesses and friends who rely on uh transaction to transaction their survival so i want i do that i i take that very seriously and uh also i'm good at talking into a microphone so i want to keep talking into a microphone and uh let that be something that people enjoy and if i can do it and it keeps things keeps you from losing your marbles then keeps you from losing your marbles good that's great. I'll do what I can. And you should do what you can. Ask yourself what you can do. As long as you're being safe and you're being smart, you're taking care of the people you love, we can, we can figure out how much more we can do past that. So let's figure that out. I, uh, right now I'm going to drive over and see, uh, Mark Marin and Lynn Shelton. So we will. We will do that now, and I'm going to shut this off so I can focus on the roads because this is a stretch where I should be focusing on the roads, not just driving aimlessly and not making turns. Now i got to make turns, so I'm shutting this off. Okay, so I'm at the home of Mark Marin. Here he comes. He's got a mic. There he is. There's the cord right there. Don't get any closer. I'm good. Oh, the cord's been wiped down. The cord's been sterilized. There we go. This is not a high-end uh, cable. 
Well, it's the best we could You're get not in a pandemic. Recording, recording already. It's the best we could get in a pandemic. What's it like to have somebody start recording before you're ready? Did, uh, yeah, I was ready. No, that's what you do Are when you, you do the you, show. You weren't recording already? Oh, no, I was. Oh. I, was, I got that out of your playbook. Yeah, do you want me to go further away? You got a lot of cable. You go as far as it's 25 feet. 25 feet. I could probably go do it from the garage. Go. You back, You can back it up. So, How are you going to hear him if you do that? You need cans or that's something. True. Well, you want me to get her a mic too? How many cables you got? I Just can do one. A, I can do a, a third. No, I only have one cable. One cable. You take right. So no we have Twitter. I don't Let's have a go one on Sorry. one. You all right, buddy? I am. How are you? You got any symptoms? No, I feel good. You do? Yeah. Have you been I'm, indoors the whole time? Pretty much. Yeah. Really? Went to the He's bank. Protective raspberry colored. I went to the bank. Yeah. Yeah. Got some cash. Did you wear gloves? Yeah. Of course, I, I. I mean, I. I have these. I just keep washing my hands. My hands are like a ninety-year-old person's hands now. They're falling apart. Hey, They're all cracked. Sharpling, you can turn your engine off. That's true. You want to know what I did yesterday? I washed my hands while wearing rubber gloves. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a true. I did it. I that, did it. Yeah. Because I, I went to. The, uh-huh. I was down at. Uh, NPR in Culver City doing mm-hmm. Terry Gross actually recorded her first show ever from home. Okay, they made me drive to Culver City. They so made, I, yeah, yeah. uh huh. So because uh, I don't have an ISDN line, so I had rubber gloves on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I went in and I touched everything. Yeah, and then I realized like I'm about to touch myself in the yeah. bathroom. Yeah, just to go to the bathroom. Sure. Yeah. So I washed my hands in the rubber gloves before I peed. Okay. Yeah, and then and then I went about my day. Yeah. No, so I didn't get anything on me. That's too I, much information. No, no, it's probably it's probably the proper amount of information now. This is this is <laughs> none of tips. us have been here These before. Tips. We've not been here before. What are we? Do you want to know other things I've been doing? Sure. What else? Don't microwave uh, gloves. Um, uh huh. I learned that lesson. Okay. I had some. I'll give her the mic in a minute. I have some gloves that had the you know the little thing that allows you to use your phone with wool gloves. Yeah. Because I was yeah. wearing the wool gloves that sure. had that. Okay. And I figured I better sterilize them, mm-hmm. put it in the microwave. Mm-hmm. Those parts caught on fire. Okay. The, the parts okay. that you can touch the phone with. Fire. <laughs> like smoke did. fire. Uh-huh. But but you're supposed to like, how do you clean like plastic gloves? Like 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 kitchen gloves. With you soap. Just... That's what they, I think the original intention was to wash things with. So yeah. you, they're always soap. I think you can actually recycle the rubber gloves, because we only have one box of rubber gloves that Lynn had. Oh, you can't say what you've got. That's bad. Huh? That's what? bad. You can't say what you've got. It's going to be like Mad Max. People are going to be just like, I heard Mark's got a box of rubber gloves. One box of, I go to Fish King, and they have those kind that are more like plastic bags. Uh-huh. And we just do per uh, sure. weighing out fish. Yeah. It, it's taken everything I've, I've got not to offer them like 100 bucks for a box. <laughs> or just take them, but they have uh-huh. cameras. Yeah. So... Um, is this going to be part of the best show? Yeah, this is the best show now. This is what I've been... No phoners? I got no phone. Oh. <laughs> I got to have a phone for a phoner. A but, lot of people around here are like, that guy's clearly not home with that car. No. It is... Um, Me and Dave Anthony took a hike today, and it was pretty... There was a few people out, not as many. These people walking down the street right now, they're not six feet apart at all. How do no. you know they live together? Oh, they're kids. Hi. Hi. How are you? She did not even really question the microphone. From the no. Car. I yeah. guess I guess maybe if they know you, they just assume, eh, he probably always has a mic. 
I don't know. That's what he does. <laughs> I don't know if they know me. Do you yeah. want to talk on the microphone? It's the guy Lynn? with the mic. Want, this is a, I'm going to introduce Lynn Shelton, yeah. the director of the uh, currently streaming Little Fires Everywhere. She directed four episodes of that, and also um, she uh, she's an executive producer on that project. You might know her from her films, uh, My Sister's Sister, Your, your Sister's you, Sister, your Hump sister's Day, Sword of Trust. Sword of Trust, Laggies. Laggies, very popular. Inside Out. Inside Out, very good. Outside In. Outside In. You're thinking about your belly button. <laughs> I was thinking, yes, you got me. Have you I, have you been watching Todd Berry's weird videos with his cat? Yeah, it's so I think cute. It's, it's yeah. the best thing I've ever seen. He's it's like a new Todd Berry. I know. In a I don't way. know what's going on. It's like a like you never thought if anybody was going to get like softer, I never thought it would have been him. All it took was a cat. He got a cat, that was and it. he immediately was... he immediately just it, the like the the dam broke. All over. It's yeah. just like it's all over for that guy. Anyways, please welcome Lynn Shelton to the Yeah. Room. How are you, Lynn? I'm under new management now. Mark okay. Mark is my manager. Um, uh, I've noticed this in general, that people yeah. seem to be just com- being completely emotionally dependent. All, all their emotional, their entire emotional life seems to now center on a pet. Whatever pet they have. Mm-hmm. It's all about the pet. Yeah, you know, it's all in. You, that's where they you find slide all, the all your. I think it's just because they're so deliciously oblivious. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, always, but yeah. in this particular time of anxiety and stress, they you just, just you look they at just them, go and... on with their lives, and you can kind of yeah project yourself into the. Oh yeah, maybe I could just lay in the I'm, sun. I'm still yelling at my cats. Yeah. I have not changed my uh, attitude uh-huh. or uh, interaction with the cats. Mm-hmm. Buster's still an asshole. Monkey's hanging on. He's doing okay, but I'm completely prepared for his passing. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, but he's gotten very needy and lovable in his old age, much like his owner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you directed you directed Mark's special that's out I that did. came out the last, last two. Week. It's, it's a good time to watch the other one mm-hmm. too. But yes, it's a particularly good time to watch End Times Fun. Yeah. Which, well, I'm so glad. At first, I was angry at Netflix for making us change the name. It used to be called Jeremiad. Uh-huh. Look that up. Yeah. Expand your vocabulary. Okay. Which was their problem with it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm holding this line. We're going to uh-huh. call it Jeremiad. Yeah. And Robbie uh-huh. Pra, the comedy guy at Netflix, is like, we're not calling it that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, why? That's what it is. And he's like, no one's going to know what that is. Well, and it's, it's going to come up on the menu and people are going to be like, what does that even mean? Look, I know what Jeremiad means. But yeah, for me the, too. for the dumb people in the audience that well, don't. Look, I, I don't, don't think know. even I don't smart know people know what it is. They're like, what is that kind of? I don't know what it means. I was just trying to. <laughs> Go look it up. You look okay. it up. Right. It's like a, it's like a, a angry screed, a rant. Okay. Yeah. A lament. A, ger- mm-hmm. a lament. A, a uh-huh. woes me kind okay. of, but maybe that isn't funny. Maybe he was right. I think he was right. I, I, I talk, I took his advice and I impulsively said, well, it's just cause he's like, it has to have, we, they have to know it's a comedy special. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, let's just go sh- what it is, end times fun. It's sure. end times fun. Yeah. And and that that's the amazing story behind that time. We we isn't it isn't it isn't <laughs> We also this is how we realized that Michelle Wolf is how she named her mm-hmm. her show too, because she got the exact same note clearly. She just called it the joke show. Yeah. How's hey, that fine. Netflix? Yeah. You know, because she probably had some creative yeah. name too. That seems like somebody throwing their hands up in exactly. exasperated like fun. <laughs> but it turned out that End Times Fun was exactly the right oh, yeah. freaking name. It's unbelievable. I think it's got way more eyeballs on it, way more ink than it would have had otherwise. I mean it's just amazing. It's yeah. just perfect. Not that there's a pandemic yeah and that everything stopped well there's that yeah 
Yeah. That helps too. And I had that, nothing to do with that. There were some people on the other side. So I think some QAnon people think that I've orchestrated the entire pandemic uh, just to get my special out there. As a, with Soros. Well, that's some, I guess that's some kind of promotional budget you're working with. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, Tom, I got a friend in China. Uh-huh. And he was already working on this yeah, thing. Exactly. And I said, it's time. Let's do yeah. this right. Let's, do, I like let's the, ease it out globally. If you had the, you had the inside track on the pandemic, but didn't choose to like slide your money into like, just medicine or no. I have or one just box gloves. Of gloves. You slid it into one, your special. We, we have like, no to, we have no toilet paper here. Back mm-hmm. we have I think we have nine rolls total, and we might have to go to her house just to make sure there's some over there still. Yeah, we don't even need it yet. Well, but it's nice to look at it. Yeah. Well, that toilet paper's gone already. It's it's gone. It's they like broke a in. yeah. It's <laughs> it's a, you Zombies haven't seen what it's in. like in the world. Out there. Zombies need to use toilet paper too. Yeah, you should look in my freezer, man. I went through a, a couple stages of panic around what if the food chain. Mm-hmm. It, the great thing about what's happening with Lynn here and myself is that we are, we both have eating disorders and we're compulsive eaters, but we have eating disorders, and this is a great time for that. Sure, because you can spend your whole day thinking about food, preparing food, rationing food. It's a wonderful time to have control issues around food. And uh-huh. like right now, I'm like, do we have enough for dinner? What are we going to do for dinner? Should we use those collard greens or some of the greens we froze because we learned how to freeze vegetables during this time? Yeah. What and, about you? Oh, I'm just, it's just different kinds of cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I was going to say, it's I knew like, that cheese involved. Somehow I knew. Yeah. Maybe, are you experimenting with uh, with all the different ways of making nachos? Ex- no, it's pretending. It really is just, it really is truly cereal and cheese <laughs> and lettuce. Just I, like greens and, yeah, it's not, have it's any not a good start. cooking skills or? No, I have zero. Like oh, literally yeah, zero. I was wondering what people do. That's why I would like tell people, it's like, I went over Mark's house and he made food and they're just like, yeah, that's what people normally do. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm just like, they're like, why are you so impressed by it? They're like, I'm glad he's a good cook, but it shouldn't be impressive that he is a oh, cook. Period. Like, amazing arcane skill. Yeah. Like, you should have seen He didn't invite it. us over and just, and just provide us with no. bowls of special no. hay. Exactly. Yeah. He lucky didn't. charms for dessert. <laughs> yes. You should have seen it. He put a pan and then Put it on the stove and the Cook stuff some in, fish it. in it. It was unbelievable. I never saw anything like it. And right in a hot people, pan. People were truly. You think all the stove? Yeah, they were just perplexed at why I was just like in awe of. I don't know. I just. It's not in my. It's not in my wheelhouse? toolbox. It's not near toolbox. No. He says toolbox. I say wheelhouse. Yeah. Is that? Are they different? They are different. Yeah, I think they are. The wheelhouse it's is sort of a range of things, and the toolbox is. Sort of something you can apply to a problem, a skill set. Yeah, and they all go back to... Your trajectory? To times when... <laughs> yeah, to your trajectory. To like times when people did things with their hands. Yeah. And yeah. I'm... It's just like a wheelhouse, I'm assuming, had some sort of navigational... Uh, it probably uh, seems like it was on a boat or a, or a train. Uh, what were the wheel, where were the wheelhouse? A train wheelhouse. wouldn't need a wheelhouse. But maybe a mill. A mill. A mill would probably... Yeah. Right. A mill by a, uh, mm-hmm. right, the wheelhouse is where the water is churning the large wheel. Yeah. We know nothing. We, we know. Things. Yeah. We know literally nothing. 
Right. And, yeah, and then the toolbox. You know, if we said this with confidence, people would spread it around. Oh, no, yeah. Tom, a wheelhouse yeah. goes back to when mills sat yes. on water. And the yeah. water would come through and, and turn the wheel that would grind the the millet or the uh, the corn. Yeah, and then you get people. Then the, it's always that great thing when somebody just immediately acts like an expert, having no knowledge of of where that of who said the like oh, no. no no verification. The like person's that. not a moron who yeah. said the thing. I yeah. found myself twice today. I was hiking with Dave Anthony, and I said things with you know. Moderate confidence, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Really?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just saw it." <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I don't. I didn't read it. it mm-hmm. I just saw the thing. Central premise of his entire special. Yes. Yeah. So with the spe- the special is strangely prophetic yes. in its title. Prescient, you might say. So people look at their Netflix and then they recommend outbreak, pandemic. <laughs> And your special now yes. are the three things that Contagion, come up. Yes, it's outbreak like, it's, and, and this and one stand up. Fun for yeah. a little relief, a little laughter. The the great thing about outbreak, if I'm thinking, is that the one with Dustin Hoffman? Yes. Oh, they find the monkey. So yeah, but there's hope oh, at the end that? of that thing. Yeah, you just got to find the monkey. So <laughs> somewhere there's a monkey out there that we should be looking for. Why are well, we all inside? Found Shouldn't we be outside looking yeah. for the monkey? We'd be outside looking for the monkey. Yeah, the pangolin in this case we need to find that would... pangolin. Yeah, pangolin? a pangolin. It's a pangolin. Yeah, it's creepy. I don't know what a pangolin. Oh, it's the best. It's one of my favorite animals. Yes, yes. But just act like an authority. Just go. Oh yeah, pangolin. I know. I well, I it's a thing. It's a special. It's a it's a scaled. Okay. It's in that same. I think it's like an echidna. Maybe it's in a monotreme. I'm not sure. I think it's more like an armadillo related to an armadillo. So if like if the if the president said everybody get out and go look for that monkey. That, would, that seems more on brand, actually, if he was just like, there's a monkey, and we all got to go, go find, find a monkey. It. There's a kid that's got a drawing somewhere. Yeah. If there, he sent his hordes out to go, yeah. yeah if he said it's $10 million for whoever finds the monkey, <laughs> exactly. that would be. They'd be stealing other people's monkeys. <laughs> yeah, just get the monkey, bring it over to your local firehouse. This will do it. Pull yeah. the vaccine out of this monkey. <laughs> this is where the vaccine is. This my, the monkey vaccines in here. What is this thing that you and Worcester, you, Bandcamp's free? Bandcamp is, is free. Right, right now, I think Bandcamp waived all of its, uh, all of, they waived their cut of things for the day to help, uh, musicians. Musicians, yeah. E? Yes, yeah, cause, cause it is amazing. It's just like there's no, the way the business shifts, there's no touring, which is how how people make their living now. Right. And then now there's no record stores, so you can't even, even the, the, that vinyl is on this upswing. That doesn't get oh, anybody anywhere right. right now. And, you know, if we don't do something fast, if they don't get a handle on this, we're going to have a lot of musicians just throwing up videos constantly Gotta of playing in their living rooms. Yeah. To remain relevant and connected and feel useful in the world. I don't know how, when does the, uh, the kind of chipper, tone of the celebrities in quarantine when does that oh, start to diminish that's i feel like we are a week you think yeah we're we're next week there's going to end up being like a real fight so like two celebrities are going to fight online yeah somewhere yeah, yeah back and forth yeah and yeah. then it'll that'll just start the collapse of just like well fine i'm not doing my living room concerts anymore 
I hope you all die. So much for me sharing yeah. my yoga in the morning. Yeah. In my mansion. Yeah, I'm not. What, nobody, what, all of a sudden people don't like watching me swim in my pool? That is the weirdest thing, <laughs> the bubble that some people have always been in. This real, this is people not realizing they, they, they are in a bubble that's in a bubble. Yeah. I played some guitar though and I posted it. Well, that was fine. Yeah. But you, that, 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 that to me is you saying like, just passing the time. Exactly. Just yeah, oddly, another hour. Yeah, oddly, a lot of what's happening right now is not unlike m- most of my life as a comic. Mm-hmm. So wait, I just, there's nothing to do, and I just write things down and nap uh-huh. and play guitar and eat stuff? The yeah, only I'm used th- to this. Yeah. I've done this. Well, especially th- before Glow and stuff, and before, I mean, you're, you're pretty busy these days no, when, before, before, I, before but I before when I was just a comic, this was what life was like, except I wasn't in a house. I was in an apartment I didn't want to be in, and I would walk around and talk to shop owners. Sure. With my notebook. I'd mm-hmm. go to Venus Records. Okay. On yeah, St. Yeah. Mark's. Sure. Right? Well, Venus, wait, Venus. Yeah. W- it was Venus. right across from Kim's video, That's wasn't right. it? That's right, yeah. Venus was on St. Mark's. Yeah. I'm, I was thinking of Midnight for a second. Midnight was on like 22nd. Yeah, I didn't know Midnight. Yeah. I went to Venus, and then a little further down on, on St. Mark's was the guy who had the CD store that was always angry. But the long-haired guy that was kind of an asshole. The one that would, like, there was, like, that ground floor CD store. Right, and then, yeah. right, and then there was a million in, on shelves behind him. Yeah. Right, and then across, Kim's video had a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. at one time. Yeah. And then there was the secret place on Union Square where you could get cheaper CDs and everywhere. Yeah, and now all of those are gone. Well, they're all... I don't know what they are now. St. Well, Mark's is the one of the weirdest streets. I don't know what it is. It's just strange Asian snack stores. Yeah. Right? Then there was like, there was like, they tried like auto mats on it. Do you remember that? Really? They were like, we're bringing back auto mats. And it's just like, this won't last. This is. Is Dojo still there? I don't know. Where you, you go in and get the brown rice with the strange fried tofu well, uh, uh, burger. If they're there, the mysterious I hope, gravy. I hope they're hanging in there. I think the one over by NYU. I, there are going to be restaurants left after this. No restaurants. Other restaurants for, I guess maybe McDonald's. I don't know. What else is going on, man? I don't know. So, Lynn, you have two things online now because you have the little fires everywhere. Yeah, like Am two days ago. The first three episodes of Little Fires Everywhere dropped on Hulu, and then it'll, they'll roll out the following episodes each week, kind mm-hmm. of trying to be kind of adapt to the the old old school network TV model. Must watch TV. Put it on your schedule. I, I don't even know what day. I think it's going to be Wednesdays, maybe that each of the following episodes. So I directed. It's the first show I've ever been an EP on, an executive producer, and I think one of the most Okay, the most thrilling moment for me <laughs> watching it on TV the other night was seeing the opening title sequence, which is super cool. Uh huh. And then seeing my name come up twice as executive producer and then directed by Lynn Sheldon. I have to say, pretty exciting. It made me feel like a actual professional in my field. Okay. It's, it's really cool looking. And the, also, I had not yet seen the house on fire, and the whole thing opens with this giant house on fire, which we just spent months and months and months trying to make sure we were going to get it right and prepping and and um, talking about it ad nauseum and storyboarding and going back to the location again and again and again. And um, my mom's comment was, did you actually burn that house down? Uh-huh. And I said, well, for some reason, the multi-million dollar homeowners 
the homeowners of the multi-million dollar house did not want us to burn down the house in the middle of Hancock Park, Los Angeles, along with their neighbors mm-hmm. who owned millions of dollar houses. Yeah. I don't know why. We gave them a really hefty location fee, and yet for some reason... They did not want us to burn it down. Anyway, so sure. those two things combined were exciting. But I directed the first episode, the fourth and fifth episodes, and the finale. And I, Chewy, yeah, a lot of lot of um, pet supply down a Chewy box. Yeah, with cats. Uh, one cats. of our few we'll remaining have Lysol another, wipes. Another week. I cut I cut a piece. I cut them in half. I think they're too big. You don't need you cut the cats in half. No, oh, the Lysol wipes. Okay. You just cut like a little off and oh, then gee, use it, you know, so I'm like, sure. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to that is some stretch. <laughs> yeah, you're stretching it. Eastern block thinking. Yeah. So I was going to tell you. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, Are you guys no. talking? So, yeah. What was the, what the, is this the, is that the biggest scope of a thing you've directed? Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely the biggest scope of a thing I've directed. It was very, uh, very fancy, big. I, I've directed, I've directed an episode of the morning show. That was probably, the biggest TV uh-huh. show, you know, I've directed, but I was a guest episodic director as opposed to being in from, you know, months of prepping for the yeah. whole thing and then just in the trenches for half a year. Because now you're setting the the style of it and the tone right. and the look and you're, yeah. you, you're. I mean, I'm in the pro, I'm in the, yes, the bubble, you know, the, I'm, it's my, it's sort of as the director, you're, you're the person who's trying to help the writer and the producers bring their vision they have a vision in their head and it's like okay well how do we get it from page to screen and you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the one who supposedly has the toolbox of filmmaking sure. yes <laughs> know how to to help them do that and then you can it's kind of exciting because you're like you you what was you directed what when was the first feature you directed it was uh, I directed my first feature we go way back in 2005. It premiered in 2006 and won mm-hmm. the the Slam Dance Film Festival and got Best Cinematography Award at the sort of punk rock little sister to the Sundance Film Festival. Mm-hmm. It happens at the same time in Park City, Utah. Yeah. And but it's all these things. It's exciting that it's not like when you think of like Orson Welles and somebody like that. They do their thing and they're like cooked by the time they're 28 years old. <laughs> That's like hell. Right? Yeah. No, like I, I was sentence? a slow burn for me. And I, I was actually cooked uh-huh. by the time I was 28, but then I, I somehow just sort of got brined. Yeah. Or, or like Iggy Pop. <laughs> Much like the Iggy Pop. Yeah. Jerkied. Yeah. I'm jerkied. <laughs> You're jerkied. <laughs> jerkied. But, but look how exciting it is that now In the my old three age. of us are on the ascent. <laughs> exactly. As we maybe are not in our twenties, but we are we are moving upward. Yeah. While you watch the people who peaked early and they're just not sure what to do, they're they've been done for for a long time. Prodigies. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. They're scrambling and saying things like Biden's okay. (laughs) I like how you kept the you got the plastic cap on the top of your Zoom H six that was really just there to you know protect it. In between putting things on top, I've lost mine. Oh, I just that's this, this is brand new. That will get lost. Oh, that okay. That'll, that'll I just want to make sure that point. you would be on top of that. No, the losing no of plastic cap. So when you think back, when you would watch the people, kind of like, and this goes to both of you, when you watch like those people like burning bright out of the box, and then you're just like, come on, what's going on here? And then. Isn't it just such a, do you, do you wish you would have known how it would have, things would have paid off later? 
Well, I've watched it's uh, over time. I've I've gotten a little more humble around that and a little more, a bit more humility around that. Only because in my field in comedy, I've seen guys go up, get it all, and then lose it, and sure. then have to regroup and and figure out how to get it for real. Mm-hmm. Like you know, two specific ones is like Burr, Bill Burr, sure, and Kevin Hart. We're both guys that were offered everything and made a lot of money on deals and speculation. And then we're, you know, it didn't work out. Yeah. So they had to go back to the drawing board, which was stand up and, and recon, you know, regroup and rebuild and find themselves, you know, in stand up. So that's always impressive. But there's plenty of people, Tom, who, uh, who burned kind of bright and kind of annoying, an annoying mm-hmm. brightness. Sure. And then yes. at the time that was happening, like you a- didn't know. Like you were probably envious because you didn't know that how it was going to end up. If I if I think about it now, I could get envious of people's old selves. Sure, but then you like easy peasy. I, I, I like that guy now, but man, did I I didn't like him at uh-huh. all. Yeah, no, it's very. It's, Let's it's, tap into that resentment sure. that I don't need to feel <laughs> anymore because exactly. I'm way more successful than him. Yeah, it's like this sealed off. Yeah. Uh, like tank in the back, yeah. like that they buried, and yeah. they're just like, so you're like, I wonder if I could dig a little bit, I could find the cap on that tank, start ta- see what's back in that tank. I'm, I'm unscrewing it right now. <laughs> yeah, I just see like, yeah, nine, get back to 1993. Oh, those so fuckers. mad. It's oh, yeah. somebody just climbing. What what magazine is that? <laughs> it doesn't even so exist funny. anymore. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, for me, I. I just was a, I was a starving artist for so long and trying to figure out, a, like literally hand to mouth, like kind of situation with no, mm-hmm. no money for so many, so long. I make, I'm really dating myself, but I am old. Um, and, and when it hit for me, when I started being able to make a living doing what I do, I, I, I just felt, I really did. I just had to constantly pinch myself. Mm-hmm. Like beyond the set, but the first TV gig I ever got after, after my third feature got into Sundance and I got reps and then I was able like a year later to get a, a, an episode of Mad Men and as my favorite TV, it was my favorite TV show and I'm on the set just like, what am I, do they know that, do I really deserve to be here? Try not to feel like a fraud. But just so fucking grateful because, uh, I just had spent so many years paying my dues, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it had happened, I knew so many incredibly, uh, presumptuous, entitled 22 year olds, you know, who just made, you know, really like hit it right, right away. They first yeah. film got into Sundance and they just felt like, well, this is what happens, you know, this is the way it goes. And then they just had a harder time later when it didn't quite. Just, oh, everything isn't like that, you know. Sure. But also just the lack of gratitude. Like they just, I felt like I had a leg up on them because I just felt so grateful after years and years and years of Yeah. Not, and the know, gratitude comes in hand in hand with maybe navigating the, the, the big picture, the long term version of this, of a career. Right. And it's like, you think about those people and they make these bold moves and they think like, well, I'm a, maybe I'm a genius. They're like, they're not sure. So they're right. like, well, I got to act like a genius and they make some insane move and no one wants it. And then they're like, well, I guess I wasn't a genius. And it's like, now I have less than nothing. Always be wary of self-declaring geniuses. Yeah. Or, it, it, as a, as a general rule, yeah. anyone who's like, I think I might be a genius. You're like, yeah, I got to go. I yeah. think it's like you have to just be like, because even like the actual geniuses don't make things for legacy. They were just making no, the thing that he made. Like Bob Dylan's working on this stuff. He's just like, 
Yeah. I'm trying to make a, I'm trying to make this like yeah, a rolling stone. Yeah. I just got to make this yeah. thing. It's like, I think I did good today. This is what I did. Yeah. yeah. Look at, look at right. I wrote down on the paper. Yeah. And that's, I guess I'll do another one tomorrow. Yeah. I use the same three or four chords that Woody used and it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's like when these people work for legacy, they're just, they're just doomed. Like I remember somebody on your show who I'm not going to name, <laughs> but the a, a comedian said, asked you just like, will I be remembered? Will I be? Remember, I was just like, oh, that's the most skin crawling thing I've ever heard in my life. Just doing something for all time. It's like, you're not going to be here. Like, yeah. li- literally, why would you care about what happened, about what your work means after you're dead? And also, no one is remembered in a broad sense. You're lucky if a few guys, like, yeah. I'm sure that you personally, mm-hmm. Tom Sharpling, you are single-handedly keeping the names of at least two dozen bands alive. I, cause it, and it's only because I like them, and it's like, but it's like... And some obscure filmmakers, I might add. Sure. Well, I'm doing doing what I can, but because I'm just in the same boat. We're on this like, the same kind of culty boat, just sailing, the sailing boat. alongside the, the big boat. boat. Like, there's a big boat, and then there's like our the mid-sized boat. boat. <laughs> I don't know what it is with me, like, cause when I, this special, when it came out, or when I finished it out, I was proud of it, but mm-hmm. I, I also knew, like, there has always been something in my mind where I'm like, I'm, I'm not fucking around. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I came out of the real deal thing. I paid my dues in a genuine way. Yeah. And for years, I've always, I never liked being lumped in with alt comedy. Mm-hmm. I never enjoyed, you know, having to, you know, Go over to Chris Hardwick's encampment at the comic book store to uh-huh. do stand up. That was not sure. my, I was just sort of like trying to stay, to have traction, you know, yeah. and, and do what I do. So it was weird when this came out. And I know when I watch this, this special, End mm-hmm. Times Fun, I can see everything that got me here in that thing. Yeah. And I can also see all the bits and where my influences played into each bit. I know them all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know them. In, when I was doing it necessarily, but I can see them. But also, I went out of my way to kind of like, you know, I went and did, you know, Burt Kreischer's podcast. You yeah. know, I asked, you know, Bill, Bill Burr to, you know, take a look at it and maybe tweet about it. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, I'm not saying your fans are all meatheads or like bad guys or anything, yeah. but they're, you know, I deserve to be reckoned with by the people that like just straight up comedy. Oh, yeah. No, y- it, you know, it doesn't have to have some asterisk next to it or, right. or just be in a, like the, like some like kind of like select yeah lane right of right just like you know you're with the precious crew yeah. no I'm not yeah I I don't remember who I said it to but I said it to somebody and it was in re- reference to another comic who I I taken a sweet shot at uh, in the special but like I've I've never followed anybody mm-hmm. and I've never led anybody uh-huh. <laughs> and that's exactly where I'm good yeah oh it was maybe it was this thing it's like. You were doing your thing and it just took waiting for the, 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 the technology or the, the pand- pandemic. waiting for the pandemic <laughs> to really catch so on. Like, well, he really hit his stride when we all started dying is when he just, he really, he that's, really hit a of groove. Course that's what it was happening for me. Yeah. It'll be people's. Well, no, Jason. Technology, you're right. You yeah. know, like it was a matter of letting people getting to know me in a, in a, in a different way. To really solidify, you, you know, my ability to get audiences. Like most of the people that listen to me on the podcast, you know, initially they were like, well, we should support him with the stand-up. I'm like, this is what I do. You know? <laughs> well, also, that... I have to say, your stand-up having, you know, listening to, I've only known you for like four, four and a half years now, but 
listening to your stand up before in in like from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it's she listened to final engagement. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord. It's uh <laughs> it's, it is like a different person. It's a very it is like a different person. Mark keeps pointing out to me, I'm I am the same guy. I'm like, yeah, it really doesn't it's like a whole different version. That guy lives in me. He lives in me. <laughs> but it's like that. But I feel like the podcast, like mm-hmm. get, just getting some level of success. I mean, also yeah. getting it. That was a very dark place in personal life, too, for him. But but I feel like getting some kind of sense of validation of any kind started to help you and learning empathy you know, through having to listen to other people and stuff and really be in deep conversation with people. But it, I feel like you, your material, what I'm trying to say is I think your material now is also more accessible. I think I've learned how to present it. Yeah. Like I give trigger mm-hmm. warnings. Okay. It's just going to hurt uh-huh. some people. <laughs> you also, I, I feel like just having watched you over for so long, like I, like I used to see you at, oh, yeah. at uh, eating it at Luna. At Luna. Every Monday night, you were just the, you were like the anchor to those yeah, to those nights for years. Authentically bitter, yeah. And I just remember you'd come up and it would just be like, "Hey, Mark just signed a deal for a thing," and then you talk about that or like, "Oh, Mark's not a good is not a good week for Mark." Like afterwards, just be like, "I guess Mark's deal's not going so hot." <laughs> like just like Mark's very mad tonight, or Mark's really happy tonight. Just like just, but it would see you. It was like charting your week. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd see how Mark's Looks like life Mark is just going. went to the blow guy's house. <laughs> Mark seems kind of perky. Uh-huh. Mark's very but, sweaty tonight. Yeah. But then, yeah, Mark keeps grinding his teeth. <laughs> yeah. Like sweaty Mark's here. Yeah. Look yeah. out. But, but it's like, it seems like that guy needed to just like exhale at some point. Yeah. Like, something. Like, yeah. Like, like you were able to just honestly let it let some of the small stuff go at some point and maybe just a little bit of success and a little bit of control over your own destiny. I think so. You didn't have to wait for gatekeepers to say, go do your thing. Yeah. The technology let you build the thing you and Brendan started and then you were just able to be yourself and that's all it took. Just a little bit of validation (laughs) and you on, like most people in 35 years. Yeah. Age sobriety was a good step along the way. Mm-hmm. Along the way, I think I like I was starting to think I had dementia uh-huh. because like things weren't bothering me as much. And I'm like, no, it's a good thing. That's yeah, like <laughs> yeah, like is, is this the end? Yeah, what's going on? Why isn't it keeping me up at and night? If it is dementia, it's not so bad. I have a question for you, honestly, yeah. though, and for your listeners, and yeah. I'm going to ask mine too because I'm in a little bit of trouble. I don't even think I've told you about this. Uh-huh. That uh, I've been having this weird thing where. I don't even know how, how to explain it. Have you ever been looking at your phone uh-huh. and had almost like an out-of-body experience? Like you're so connected with the phone that you have this weird moment where it's like, this is my whole brain right now is involved with this. Uh-huh. I don't even need my body. Uh-huh. Have you had that? Where sure. You're... So you mean just to put your being into a device? And... Right. Yeah. To the point just... where you're like, you're like, if, like I should be able to leave the what shell. I'm living in. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, okay. Well, that's like, that's yeah. how, that's like Ted Williams or Walt Disney and that's, you're just looking, are you looking to be? No, eternal? no, no, it happens. Like it scares me. Okay. Like I'm looking at my phone and all of a sudden I realize, do I even have a body? Oh, so you're like, just saying like, am I inside of, is this yeah, me? I don't now? know. I can't, I can't quite explain sure. the feeling, but it, it, it feels like as if like I could be talking to, uh, mm-hmm. on the microphone and then just step over there and be like, oh, look at me talking on that yeah. microphone. Like I'm uh, that close. Sure. To leaving my body. Is that normal? Um, it's all about the phone. It's like it's abduction by phone. 
It's not abduction. It's just a, literally a feeling I'm having where I become very hyper aware that 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 my brain is just sitting in my body that's holding this phone and and that I don't I don't need the body necessarily. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, are I, you just placating me? I mean, no, no. I think you're you're probably just looking at the phone too much, overly reliant on this thing, okay. and it just feels like it's your it's your life. Especially now, it's your it's a lifeline. Yeah, yeah. He he brought up the idea. It kind of shocked me, honestly. Yesterday, the day before, he was like, just out of the blue, just I think I'm just gonna have a no phone day, and I was like, I can't. I don't even think that's possible, Mark. Because I think uh-huh. I'm leaving my body. Sure. Like I'd like to you know okay. take a break. And get, mm-hmm. you know, and just make sure I'm in, staying in my body. I, I understand it. It's, okay. uh, you're not sure where you, where you end and this something. version of yourself begins. It's something about a brain technology interface. It's mm-hmm. not good. It's, it's something about like all this talk about the singularity. Yeah. I, I think I might be the only one that knows it's happened already. Uh huh. So this is. Well, is this your next special? It's going to just be a phone, a phone on a stool. A phone on a stool is your next special. <laughs> just like you come out and you turn it on, and then no, you don't just even leave. need a set design. I don't even know if you'd need an audience. Let me see, phone on a stool. Yeah, I don't know. I I interviewed Jeff Dunham the other day. Uh huh. How'd that go? Great. I didn't. It hasn't come out yet. No, he seems really interesting to me. Does he? I'm serious. Yeah, oh no, he he's, is. He's. Didn't you like? I I realized like the, what got me into it, and and I talked to him about you know like how did it feel when assholes like me were like Jeff Dunham, uh-huh. puppet yeah, yeah. guy. Uh-huh. So, but like when I was very young, I I liked ventriloquism. It's funny. Yeah, it didn't you be like really it? Fun. Look, I I, they're I good at it. I had a doll. Well, it's uh-huh. also a crazy skill. Like it's nuts. Yeah, I had a doll. I had a. a, a did he look like you? No, is it Charlie McCarthy? <laughs> Did he look like you? you hey, I wish. Money to craft it. Well, now this sounds like some open challenge to the comedy community. <laughs> yeah, to make me Trust a true Within, that looks within like two me. weeks, people have nothing to Please. do now. Are you yeah. kidding? They're gonna take my pictures of me from online and put it through their three D printer. Oh, There's God. people are stuck in their homes with literally nowhere to go and nothing to do. I just wish someone would paint that last bit of my special. Mm-hmm. Where's the comic? I know, artist? right? The comic oh book no, that's artist. coming. The whole. Yeah, Avengers. It's going to take. Yeah. It's going to take half a year. It's yeah. like the. It's like the chapel, the Sistine Chapel yeah. ceiling. You know. But somebody's going to make a, masterpiece a, is being created ven- as you as we speak. Yeah. Well, they're working on a ventriloquism dummy of you now. You're going to be stuck with a version of yourself. Then I can really get out of myself. Well, then I can leave. Then it can be like that movie with Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. Magic. Magic. Yeah. Exactly. You're just. I'm right there. We yeah. finally figured out how it's all going to end for me. Yeah, well, the hotel room with a dummy. (laughs) (laughs) He, you know, it's so. Do you feel like do 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 you both feel like there are these certain types of entertainers that I I'm like a sucker for certain people that like I think Larry the Cable Guy is honestly a funny traditional comedian when you strip away the stupidity i knew him when he was that i knew him when he was dan whitney and uh-huh. he was doing spots at the store before uh-huh. larry the cable guy yeah and he was just this guy he had like kind of a mullety curly haircut uh-huh and i think i don't remember where i used to see him there occasionally when i was a doorman okay yeah but he's just like he's good at what he does yeah. like he's a tech like he's he's a technician yep with no it. i can see that totally i can like if i'm down 
when I was going through my divorce, I would watch um, Kevin James and Brian Regan. Mm-hmm. Just the physicality thing. Sure. People who are naturally funny physically and in control of that, mm-hmm. forget about it. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, like they're... Look, Larry the K... Look, I think he's he's clearly panders and, and caters. Might be a little wrong-minded. Yeah, right, be- yeah, all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm not I'm not dismissing any of that part of it. Right. But I'm saying, but when you strip all of that away, underneath it is somebody who is good at their skill. Sure. And he's ahead of the... He's not behind the people that think he sucks. He's not behind the... Like, the, he's, he's, he's not figuring it out. Like, oh, this guy's bad... He doesn't know how to do this. He definitely knows how to do it. Oh yeah, he like he, he not only knows how to do it, he created a character and he he like I talked to some guy, I remember like um there was some guy I like some guy no one would know. And I don't even know him anymore, a comic I work with who was talking about working with Larry the Cable Guy uh-huh. and negatively speaking, like, Oh, that guy, he like gets up at five in the morning to do morning radio on the phone from the hotel for the next town he's going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you mean he's Focused and <laughs> yeah, he's really working to sell hard. Some tickets, yeah, <laughs> like he's That's, selling out or something. Yeah. Jesus, but where's like the? Isn't there a line with that though? When you look at like ambition, I mean, yeah, well, ambition, yeah, exactly. Okay. I know like, where this goes. Well, maybe this is one. This goes to the 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 people that we you and I share. Oh, yeah. yeah, that but, hasn't changed. But, but you know what? I don't think one of them's doing so good. Mouth, just mouth the. Uh, Oh yeah, no. What's going to happen there? Yeah, no, that's a special adventure. That <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching that that storybook play out. That show business tail end. Yeah. What's no. that? Where's that behind the comedy? That will. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Well, look, we'll see if that person has it in them to find their second act. That's right. That's maybe- second, hey, hey, this is America. You can you can really fail two, three times. Oh yeah, and four times ten. Keep coming Keep back, trying. As long, uh, look, you look at a, you look at like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who like no one wants that. They just didn't leave, and now suddenly it's like they're like a legendary band just because they simply didn't go away yeah. when they should have. Like anybody else would have gotten the hint and been just like, yeah, nah, we're maybe we're not very good. Well, they, it also is important to seem like you're having a good time. Yeah. People, yeah. people like. Oh yeah, people like fun more than like anything. Old guys bopping around as a, willing yeah. to jump around with a sock on your dick. Yeah, with nothing else on, oh, you're good to go. You've got <laughs> for, a, for decades. Yeah, for decades. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I was watching. Uh, I was I was looking for like an early version of uh, Everybody Knows This Is Nowhere, like seeing how early of a clip there is of Neil Young playing that. Yeah, and then I couldn't find. Uh, like a video of it, but I did find the Red Hot Chili Peppers doing it, and I was just like, well, I think this song's indestructible, because <laughs> it, it still sounds pretty good with these guys doing it. Like, these guys were not able to kill, like, they would kill, like, when they did, like, Fire by Jimi Hendrix, yeah. I'm like, I don't think I like that song anymore. Well, like, I think, I think they yeah. killed it. Like, well, they, here's one thing I always say about them, like, because everyone knows, like, there is musicianship involved there, and they've had yeah. some good guitar players. But for as long as I've listened to them, I, and I've always said it in this tone, like, he can't sing, right? <laughs> no, mean, that's... Right? He's not. It's just about enthusiasm. <laughs> and that's the fun part of it. That's when it comes down to just like, man, they're, they're having fun. 
Yeah. But, and the, there's a lot of comedy now that is more fun-based than funny-based. Well, I think the mistake, the problem that that causes is, it's, is it spreads this idea that everybody can do everything. Yeah. And they can't. Mm-hmm. The one thing Twitter has showed us is that many people, not so funny. No. Twitter's yeah, but I'm not. talking about laymen. Like, you know, there is a certain professionalism to it. Yeah. Oh no, and it's it's it, there. It's also a big bummer when uh, when people you know are funny. It's just like, ooh, you're not funny on Twitter. I d- I stopped doing Twitter because I got tired of uh, regular people tagging my shit. Uh huh. They do better than me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. why didn't I think of that angle? Yeah. Who is that guy with seven followers? Just tagged the shit out of that joke and clean your come clock. up with that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't come up with that angle. Well, that's how you got to get. Then you've got to get into like uh, Robin Williams territory. Just send him a check. Just, just rewrite it. Yeah, you just take it. it. Yeah. Take it. The guy gets yeah. Venmoed five hundred dollars from from Mark Maron. I, I some guy did it years ago. He tweeted something, and I I, I said like, "Can I use that?" Uh huh. And he's like, "Yep." I mean, I built the idle premise already around it. Yeah. But he just had this little thing, and I'm like, "Do you mind?" He's like, "No, <laughs> go ahead. Great." But you right you... before we filmed your last special, uh, too real. No, oh. I'm not. But but there was a tag that came about very last minute, right? Wasn't am I crazy? Oh, that I came up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was the monkey thing. It was the cat. Right. But the cat saying, like, you know, I don't know how much time I have left. Yeah, yeah. I think came up like day of or yeah. day before. Yeah. That's how I'm going to end it. Because the other <laughs> ending was grim. It was the guy dying. Right. Right? And the nurse saying, it's okay, baby. It really is. The last two of his specials are both so good. And I'm not just saying that because I directed both of them. They really are genuinely fantastic. So the only people that can do this show now are people that have their own mics? Yeah, I think so. I don't want to. I have a spare mic that I haven't touched, but I guess one person. I guess the way it works is one person can who doesn't have a microphone can do it, and then I'm There's stuck no with a mic until this a is mic? over. There's no way to. Yeah, I mean, I can, but I don't want to be the person that is just like, hey, thanks a lot. I did the Got thing, it. and two days later, I'm oh, sick. I see. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to be that guy. Well, either. If, you, if you present it, if it's sterilized, you present it to, yeah, that's a tough one. I was I, trying to, I thought you were going to throw a mic, not just the cord, but a mic. And I was like, how is he going to not hurt the mic? And I th- imagine it would be all wrapped up in bubble wrap and you just toss it like a football. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to, uh, I can do that one time. <laughs> right. And then it'll just be like, I, I'd like to reach out. And it's original packaging. Yeah. To future guests of this particular incarnation. Yeah. The best show in that. I think if you have one of those, um, you know, those like chairs people bring to concerts on the lawn, uh-huh. yeah, maybe a fold-out chair sure. of some kind would be good. Because yeah. oh. I don't expect you to supply oh, that. Oh, no, no, but... no. What I, what I can do is I can have that, and I could just pop my trunk and just go like, just go to my trunk, there get you the go. chair. That's, that's good. And yeah. I could also have like a gift bag in the trunk for <laughs> people who appear. Like, hey, thanks for being on the show. I press my trunk button pop and it, it pops up. Are you, is, um, you going to clean the chair? Oh, I would have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm and not the gonna, gift bag. I'm not looking for, like, yeah. and the gift bag would be clean. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. this might be the way it's going to be. Yeah. For what a are, long, long What are you going to do with time. the show now? Well, we're good for a few weeks. We got interviews, but and I'm hoping that, they, you know, podcast has been sanctioned. It's within the, uh, um, exemptive essential. Essential. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. We just looked it up. Oh, yeah. so thank can, God, right? It's on the order from the health department that, it's a, a what you, an essential job, a media news podcast. It said podcast right on mm-hmm. there. 
podcast. Okay. Right. But it's a little vague. I mean, that's all it says is that they're allowed, but it's like, well, well how mean, do you do it? Yeah. I doesn't mean, that mean everyone? Cause I think it's like exactly. seven people. Don't I mean, obviously, have a if it's a person right alone with a mic, that's one thing. But if you're going to have guests, like, don't you want to have some kind of protocol? Yeah. You know? So I well, mean, I think I, if we're responsible, yeah, I can I can offer the environment where I can say like I'm the only one here. Mm-hmm. If you come over, yeah, I've got wipes. Yeah, I've got spray. Sure. And and, and you've sprayed everything down first. I think you can tell them that too. Like you. Yeah, but who am I inviting over? How how big of a freak is this person? Like I don't know, man. It's yeah. somebody who actually doesn't want to get sick and die. That's who it is. Any average schmo would want to make sure they're not yeah, touching not, a yeah. germ infested. You know. When they have the home test kits, we'll be able to just be like, look, you want me to do it in front of you? Yeah. I'm How good. long does it take for the test, to, for the the results to come back? I don't know. Because then you'll just be like. Wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Hang and out. You're, you're going to have to tell uh, you know Danny DeVito to cool out on the front porch. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones where he's like, I was waiting for you to ask me to be on this. As if you were just like, nah, <laughs> let's pass. like. You finally got me on the show. I wanted to do it for years. And you're like, we really were, like, we were not saying no to you. He's like, I wanted to do it, and you said no. Did he say that? He was so insistent that finally you let him in the door to do the podcast. You know, know, that guy... That guy delivers all the time. Oh, it's unbelievable. Every time. We just watched him in The Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Oh, my God. He's so brilliant. He's Rainmaker. so Was brilliant. Was that the Coppola movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd never seen it before. No, I've never seen the movie. It. It's great. It's pretty great. I was oh, impressed. Like oh, my God. The best. It was when Claire Danes was still in her sort of just just poster mm-hmm. at the same time, maybe, as So-Called Life, My So-Called Life. Just this. There was something about her at that age, at that early era, where she was so vulnerable and your heart just breaks every time you look at her anyway mine anyway had a real soft spot for her so yeah, she, she liked it but Vito plays this schlumpy little lawyer and he's genius it's it's damon looks damon, like he's a 13 year old yeah and... a 13 year old lawyer law student he looks so young and then just by weird coincidence because i was thinking about sobriety movies i watched I made her watch Changing Lanes the next night. Okay. Which is affleck at around the same age as a as a lawyer. A different type of lawyer. Sure. That's it's, the one with him and Sam Jackson. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's hard to, to buy that it's like one day. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to see Samuel Jackson portraying just a regular guy uh-huh. and not having not, not the reason to go over the top with everything he says. Sure. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. did you make it? It was it was nice. I, I like no, no. Not at all. No. I love Sam Jackson in that role. Hi. Hi. And once you? you explain to me, he's always said that it's his favorite movie about sobriety. But it's not about, I mean, sobriety movie, mm-hmm. but it's not about sobriety. But I understand that how it, it's a... Sam Jackson is trying to stay sober mm-hmm. and this Wall Street lawyer hits his car when he's on the way to to meet for a, a meeting with the judge and his wife and kids who he's trying to hold on to uh-huh. and he doesn't make the meeting and he's got to stay sober while while fighting with the urge to kill Ben Affleck yeah. and hold the 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 paperwork that he accidentally got hostage and and they just go at it and you know there's a scene there where he sits in the bar with that drink and doesn't take it he calls he calls William Hurt his mm-hmm. sponsor who, 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 you know, wasn't a lot of help in that particular situation, but he, sure. he chose not to drink, and he did try to kill Ben Affleck by taking the lug nuts out of his tire. 
Well, is that what? And then Ben Affleck hired a guy to erase his entire life online, uh-huh. and and through it all, Jack, Samuel Jackson does not drink. And at the end, they apologize to each other. Well, but it's really to you know what I'm saying, Tom, is the program works. Okay, um, <laughs> this is this is. It's to me, it's much more about how you can be sober but not actually recovered, right? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that? Why don't we we'll talk about it later? What? What are you gonna do now, Lynn? You're you're on ice. You can't make it. Melissa, oh man, Mark can talk into a microphone and it's. But you ha- you need. It turns out, like I've got every. I know so many people who have office jobs. My brother, my sister in law, some of my friends. They and they're all working from home. Everybody's like working from home. It's mm-hmm. not easy. They can't do meetings or whatever. It's hard. You're gonna do it all in Zoom, whatever. Sure. It turns out. You can't make TV shows or movies from home. No. You can't do it. So we are really up shikari. Yeah. We are, there's like 150,000 people who are just up shit creek. People are making shows from home. John Oliver did it almost from home the other day. It was okay. Sure. I think it's only very, well, yeah, but yeah. Sure. Her and I are going to finish the script we've been working on for three years, I think. Okay. That's good. And she just has to, Break it down into scenes, and then we're going to make a new outline and finish it. We're about ninety pages in. That's great. It's true. What are you laughing? At? <laughs> Tell them <laughs> what. Every time, every time I say, "Okay, well, let's maybe." So maybe we like carve out a couple hours and a couple, you know, like Thursday to. <laughs> like I can't stand writing. I hate it. I hate writing. I can't do it. It's torture. <laughs> hate it. When you wrote your book, your books, the worst, written. the worst experience. It's just the worst. I can't stand it. Because I'm doing that now. How's it for you? It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was literally the hardest thing I've ever done. It's just hanging over you, It's hanging over you. It's like you wake up. Yeah. It's just like, well, I guess I can get it. It feels like, this is what to me, this is what it feels like. I wake up. The proposition is for me to go get a hammer and crack my head open and then like sort through what, and then turn that into words. And then I have to scoop all the stuff back and put it back and then do it again. It's just like, of course I want to do anything other than this. It's so hard. It's It's just just so sure of it. There's so once, like every once in a while when you're writing, like I don't call myself a writer. I do. What is this now? (laughs) That's menacing. The jack booted helicopters. Jeez Louise. I don't even, I don't even see. Oh, there it is. It's so loud. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we're just gonna let that pass by. Okay. Are we clear? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know when a they haven't strafed our. Okay. Yeah, when a mist starts coming out of those, that's when we're in trouble. Yeah, that's next. Is when it's just yeah. like, yeah, the spray. The, no, they do the, that now. The choppers are gonna yeah. start spraying oh, the streets. Spray. Get Wait, inside. Is this our house. Yeah, it'd be like close encounters when they're just like they'll be dropping dead, dead mm-hmm. cows on the side of the road saying. Don't go near the mountain. There's a there's a, a chemical spill. Sure, everybody's dying because the air is poisoned. You find we out found it's not the real. Yeah, you so, never find the monkey. Oh, writing no. the uh, well, the first book, Jerusalem Syndrome. I the one thing about writing is that if you and I'm sure writers experience this a lot, but if you're new to writing, 
is if you get into it, you will find things about yourself that you didn't know or mm-hmm. you didn't have into a, a sort of context or you'll find memories you didn't think you had. You'll have thoughts about things that you've done or have been through that you, you've never articulated before because you don't usually write them down. Yeah. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're kind of the, – the it's sort of sometimes few and far between when that happens and just the chore of writing. I was fortunate in the second book, Attempting Normal, that for about the first – 300 episodes or more, I had a, this fan who was very dedicated and would transcribe all of my monologues. Mm-hmm. So I had like over a thousand pages of me talking about stuff. So I was able to sort of use that as a template. And Amy. I, huh? Amy. Yeah. yeah. Amy. Amy you Gottschalk. Know Amy? Does she I listen do. to you too? She does. Yeah. Oh. She helps me with some things here and there. She's oh, great. She, she helps she, with the I don't think she's. And... Uh, I don't think she likes me anymore. I think oh, she she's... definitely likes you. Oh, I thought she moved past me. No, she okay. likes you. Well, you say hi to her for I me. I will. And... You can say hi right now. Well, I'm, I'm always grateful for the work that Amy did. She made that second book happen. She's great. She great. helps me a lot. Is she okay? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Good. I think she's. I think she's doing well. Super another, fan, Amy. Another New Jersey person. Yeah. Yeah. So the second book that helped you. They help uh, me have have to have the the sort of uh, the stuff I've already said as the meat of it, which is also how I wrote the first book was based on a one person show that I kind of expanded. So it's always better to see my thoughts that I have said in the moment out loud on paper to sort of get started with things, or else I get too writerly and yeah. I overwrite and it's stupid. Yeah. That was the biggest thing about editors. Like the first one was sort of like I think you could cut this whole piece out here. I'm mm-hmm. like, but that was poetry. Yeah, that that took well, the most time to do. That whole book is poetry. It's it really is beautifully crafted. You can tell he put a lot of effort into it. The Jerusalem syndrome. syndrome. It's like very well crafted. I I love how it's written. I will say, waiting for the punch. You just took it one step further and actually used transcriptions of your words. You and Lynn let Brendan actually edit the whole thing together. But those the 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 sort of intros, the prologues to every chapter are be- very beautifully well, written. Were punch. those hard to yeah? Waiting for the, waiting punch. For the punch was I that hard to write? Normal. No, no, waiting normal. for the punch. Waiting for the punch. I'm talking about the last book that oh, writing the intros. To each your chapter? name is on. Yeah, how hard was that? Well, Lynn, um, excuse us, Tom. The, oh, no. <laughs> I'm excited. This is, I'm ex- <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, Brendan had to do that thing where it's sort of like, so uh, you're gonna have to get those done. Uh, uh-huh. by uh, next week. I'm like, I know, man. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Get off my back. <laughs> it's just like, I don't write that much. And, and he was like, you write every week, dude. Mm-hmm. Cause I write that update. Yeah. Yeah. And that was more like writing that. Like it was all sort of impulsive writing, you know, just kind of to focus on it and, and get it done. Uh, honestly. Yeah. People are out walking. That's yeah. good. The, uh, yeah, I was showing somebody that like for waiting for the punch. It's like, yeah, I'm in here in a few spots. I showed them. Like, it's just like, it's like failure. Like <laughs> the chapters is like, like, ah, good to see Tom still on brand. <laughs> like, like, I love that book. It was so like much. defeat. The only, the, the only thing that we fucked up in that book. Uh huh. Out of all things we could have fucked up. And yeah. Brendan is so meticulous. Yeah. Is that, uh, we misspelled John Glazer's name. Out of okay. all the people in the world, oh, sure, God. that mm-hmm. you're gonna, mm-hmm. and I think we, I think he's a J O N, and I think it got by us after several different copy editings. Sure, it's J O H N, and he literally, I think he emailed Brendan asking, "Who's John Glazer?" J O H N. I'm like, yeah. "What can I do to make this right?" Uh huh. And I, I, well, I think I offered him money to show up at. Every reading that I did from the book uh-huh. to stand up and go, 
You misspelled my name. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he never responded. <laughs> He's so you're, you're exactly the same way with Mark with a K. You just, you really, it digs deep at you. I can I tell. I understand. It's, he's completely like warranted and it's just, it's, it, it sits with me. It's a horrible thing. I think he's a funny guy. We had a great conversation. He was one of the first guests to, uh, have, to just show up asking for food. Um, I cooked him a sausage. Okay. I cooked John Glazer a sausage and I, I think he was the first one that I fed. The first guest you fed. Yeah. And then I, uh, later I fed, uh, Roseanne Mellon. And okay. I fed um, Abby and uh, Alana. Abby and had puffins. Okay. Yep. Sure. Barbara's puffins. That's right. Who, yep. who's, and, uh, who's brought the nicest things over? Well, that would have to be Randall Park. Randall Park brought brought a knife. A knife. And what else did he bring? And then the other park, both parks. Did. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, uh, um, not the uh, pack, Anderson Pack and Randall Park. Okay, both brought gifts. But apparently, it, apparently, it's a Korean thing. But uh, Mandy Moore brought some nice cookies. Okay, yeah, for sure. sure. And um, yeah, there's been you know, people. Tandy, Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton sent me flowers. Very nice flowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I fed Kristen Bell like a full meal mm-hmm. over here. Okay, because she was famished, and and I showed her what I had left over, and she's like. This is exactly what I eat at my house. Uh huh. And that was nice. And you cook that, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it's it's nice. It's nice. And these now, these are the people you can knock on their door when this world falls apart for toilet paper. Yeah, remember Kristen Bell? Yeah, get a buzz buzz at the gate. She's got to have plenty. Yeah, just just throw it over the wall. Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, at their new house. Yeah, they've rebuilt. I wonder if that's done yet. Just throw me an eight pack (laughs) over the wall. You know, for a while, Dax was just doing his podcast in this, like, studio above this garage, and the entire house was, like, being rebuilt. Like, uh-huh. it was nothing but a construction site, <laughs> but Dax was up there. Uh-huh. So it's just <laughs> in sounds of jackhammers in the yeah, background. I don't know if it did. I don't know, but I remember that when I did it, I was I was on that thing first. Mm-hmm. I was one of the first guests on his show that is uh, homage to my show. I wanted to be there to help him, you know, sure. slam the champagne bottle into the... The, side, the, yeah, the, the side the of the ship the, there. Yeah, exactly. That had my name crossed off it. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it wow. starts. It is funny that. <laughs> is that wrong? No resentment. No, None. but it's I like, it, but it's. Sense any. The, you started, a, like, you did not invent conversations and you never, you're not of claiming. Not. You I'm did. kidding. I never of course did. You, but, and but, he's got someone in there with him. I don't, I don't, I don't have that, any of that kind of resentment. No, but there's a certain kind of thing where you definitely. You definitely cracked a code on a format right. that was very adaptable for a lot of people. The 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 episode that dropped today was Utkarsh Ambutkar, and he talks. He says something really sweet, which neither of you pointed out. But he said, "You know, I'm a huge, 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 huge fan. Like you just totally influenced me. And in fact, I had a podcast of my own, and he based his podcast, which only lasted for a year and a half, on the." thing that happens often or especially early on in Mark's podcast where there's somebody he's known for a very long time and he's like okay so we need to deal with this because I know I was a dick to you was I a dick to you and and then they talk about and they get through this thing well yeah you were kind of a dick to me but I was a dick to you too and they go back over this sort of history of being dicks and then that that was what he based an entire his entire podcast on uh-huh uh Utkarsh was and he what, it, what I gleaned was that he's just was never addicted to anybody because he said it's it was actually called like 
all about me or something. Let's talk about me. Uh, yeah. And it was supposed to be going back in history with these people and saying, okay, so I know we had a thing or like, what did I do to be a dick to you or whatever? And it just turned into a, a compliment fest. Like uh-huh. people would just come on and say, you've always been wonderful, man. Like, uh, I just love you so much. And I just thought that was really he funny. He was a dick. It turns out he wasn't one. I, on the other hand, oh. <laughs> <laughs> was an actual dick. No. But that guy, Utkarsh, you know that guy? No. He's oh, funny. So did you see Britney Runs a Marathon? Yes. He plays that guy. Oh, Her okay. friend who becomes... Yeah, yeah. And did you oh, see the Oscars this year by any chance? I did not. Oh. He did. The, he was the best part of the Oscars. He came out for like 30 seconds and he did a, a freestyle rap on what had happened so far during the Oscars. Okay. And it was brilliant. He's so he's so on the ball and funny. But the real story for him is that like he was you know, part of Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda's crew. Sure. And they pretty... Lynn had pretty much... Lynn Manuel had pretty much written him into the original Hamilton and he was got he just fucked himself he was drinking and he just he blew Hamilton uh-huh. he blew it yeah and that's like he's a sober guy now but yeah that's a pretty good story yeah that you know like he, well, that's he was a, in all the developmental phases of it you know and oh yeah like, and then to just be part. like yeah just fucked it up just to be looking outside looking in on yeah. that there's a story of redemption right there it got you know second chances right yeah. there he freestyle yeah. he's a great rapper and mm-hmm. i don't know what that even means they do it at the end of the episode right uh-huh. he does some freestyling okay. at the end i play a little guitar riff and he he does the thing like because mm-hmm. when someone says that like i rap and whatever you're like okay yeah. but he's, he's good really good yeah. oh that's awesome he's well, like I'm genius gonna, i'm gonna listen to it i'm listening to this barry sonnenfeld audio book He's right supposed now. to do my show. He just wrote me an email about my special. Uh huh. I have the book. Yeah. But he's not, no one's flying anywhere. He was scheduled, I think, for like last Sunday. Uh huh. But he instead wrote a very nice letter and sent it through Brendan that he enjoyed my special. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And he said something very funny. I can't remember what. He's a funny guy. I started I did, reading the book. Yeah. Book's funny. Yeah. Now, Lynn, when you work on these things, you, cause you've moved into television as much as feature stuff. Which means that you're doing things that are not necessarily self-generated, where so much of your stuff's been self-generated. Like, was that, was that, is that a skill set? Was that a skill set you always had in you? Did that come out of your editing background and working in things? Where, yeah, like, that's how a good do you, point. how's that editing adaptability like, happen? You know, you've got to be, I've always wanted to be a part of the crew. Like, I started making movies in Seattle with this very, you know, as a part of this very small, tight filmmaking community. And I was, my friends were my crew. Like they, they, you know, they were just, we were all on the same level. And when somebody in my crew, you know, was like, I'm going to make my movie. Here's a short or here's a, I always felt uh, bummed out because I couldn't just, all my friends would jump up and say, okay, let me work on your movie. I had no skill set to offer because I really was just a director. Sure. So if you're not, if it's not your thing, you know, as a movie, in a movie, you can't really offer anything so i'd show up and like take some still photographs you know photography and like bring chocolate sure and that was like all i could do Which and just seemed- hang out on set because i wanted to be with my friends you know I'm like why can't i just be a part of the crew so i actually really do like that aspect of television where the for people who don't know in in movies directors are generally the one who are have the final say and how it goes are sort of the final gatekeeper they're the ones who are the creative visionary even if they didn't write the script they're the one who kind of gets to the ones who get to actually execute their vision sure to varying degrees of creative control depending on how many millions of dollars and how many you know what their contract says or whatever but if Mm -hmm. it's very 
independent, like the way I've always worked, you, you tend to get a lot of creative control. But in um, the director's role is very different in television if you're not also the creator because uh, it's the writer. The writers are the ones, the, the, the creator and the showrunner are writers, and then you're working in uh, service to their vision as a director. So it's a much more collaborative role. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always collaborative. You've got to work with a team of people. But in this case, it's like I'm, ch- I'm channeling somebody else's creative vision. And I do enjoy it as long as I respect the people I'm working with and they respect me and it's a mutual, like the one I'm working on with you. I yeah. mean, my God, I've, I've never had a better time. Oh, that's awesome. Cause, yeah. Cause then it feels like if you could, if you trust everybody, you can, you can let go of a little bit of your kind of proprietary territorial stuff because you know it's for the, for the greater good. Yeah. If everybody's, everybody's working that. in service of the project yeah. itself and mm-hmm. if they can, we can all are a little bit more fluid with our egos mm-hmm. and it's not just like, I have to get credit for that or it's why we have to do it this way because it's my idea. And yeah. you know, if, if everybody's looking for the best idea, mm-hmm. um, and if there's also a matter of if everybody's competent and confident in their own skills, it's easier for them to sort of find the right people to work with and then trust them to do their job. And anyway, if it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I do enjoy that. It's also, it's easier for me to do, be in a, that super collaborative position because I'm just, I've made eight movies and I'm going to keep making movies yeah. and I know I'm going to get a chance to be the one who's completely the control freaky one mm-hmm. in control. You know? Because some things have been generated, self-generated and other things you like, like there's only one movie I made that wasn't, I didn't write, which was laggy. The one who brought it into right? Yeah. Laggies was brought that, to me with, yeah. by the writer and the producer who'd been developing it with her. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I would direct it and I was like, Okay. Yeah. It seems sort of like something I would have written. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But having yeah. gone through that, I would, do you feel, did you feel something missing? Like you, you need that to have been there from the beginning? Is there a part of you that you feel like it's for me to really be a hundred percent in the idea has to, I have to be there for the birth of the idea? I kind of, I would, I'm interested in, I, I'm definitely, I've definitely entertained scripts that have come my way, movie scripts have come my way as, in that, you know, similar fashion, I've entertained the idea of it. I think I would be a little bit more, I would take over a little bit more than I did. Like there were, I think it was because I'd only ever worked with an, another writer in the television Mm -hmm. realm. So I was used to that relationship and Andrea Siegel, bless her heart, the writer of laggies, they're back, kept having to remind me, she'd be like, Lynn, you're the director of this. Like, you don't need to ask my permission to change such as, you know, anything mm-hmm. about the script. And she was so good about get, taking notes that I gave her. And, and if I wanted to just try my hand at rewriting a scene, she was cool with that. But, um, so I'm very proud of that movie, but I, it was a harder process for me than I thought it would be to really make it my own. Sure. And so it does help if I'm in the, on the ground floor. Like what I'd really like to do is work with another writer. I'd love to work with another writer. I really respect and have them do the, the horrible job we've been discussing of writing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm developing it with them. Yeah. You know, and, and we're, but it's, so it's collaborative, but they're really doing the bulk of the, I think that would be great. But I have found that in, in term, in general, writing, the process of writing, which I do like, cause I like the control of being able to think, but, you know, say what's going to have a say over what's going to be said and what's going to happen. I do f- enjoy it much more with another person. I think yeah. writing alone is total agony. But I disagree with Mark. I keep trying to remind him or, or convince him, try, trying to convince him that it's okay. easier with another person, but he I, forgets. I, I believe that's true. I'm just like, for some reason, when she, 
for some, there's certain things that people say, like 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 maybe we should take a look at that script again. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it triggers something in me that is so childish mm-hmm. that it's literally like, what what if I don't want to? Like it's like that. <laughs> it's that tone. Like maybe uh-huh. maybe I'm gonna go out and play, and we'll do it after I go out and play. How do you feel about that? Uh-huh. The, I've been, you know what I've been thinking about for the last five minutes is like that I have a very fluid ego. Uh huh. It's fluid. Sure. Yeah. Like how? How so? I don't know. But she said something where she's like, "If everyone's ego is fluid," and I realized like mine is fluid. Uh-huh. It gets all over everything. Uh huh. It's toxic. Oh, so you mean it's like it's okay? <laughs> yeah, I thought you like meant it kind of like fluid sometimes. ebbs and flows because no, it does that too. Sure. But it's definitely a flammable fluid, like the. Um, what did we just see? Didn't we just see a movie where there was a fluid problem? Oh, yeah. We just watched Wages of Fear. Like, it's sure. like nitroglycerin style. Like, if my yeah. ego was on a truck I was driving, mm-hmm. I have to be very careful with the truck. Yeah. With the bumps. That, yeah. Going two miles an hour through oh, the jungle. The, the podcast, please. The um, checking in. Are you guys just doing a podcast? Yep. It's it's essential. Yeah. Yeah. Essential. We're good. It's essential and we're sanitary. Yeah. Look at the paperwork. Yeah. Let's check those iTunes ratings. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Yeah. This exactly. is the best show, and I'm yeah. WTF. Only yeah. podcasts above a certain <laughs> iTunes rating. Don't yeah. You're going to have to come over. We'll have to do another Mark and Tom. That's, oh, that's yeah. the future of WTF. Oh, it's no. It's going to be a series of Mark and Tom it's shows. It's going to be these weird <laughs> cries from a bunker yeah. people. Now, Lynn, do you feel like, would you, isn't it weird when you think of like, genre like the directors that just do like genre things they just be like the way it used to be where they'd be like yeah now i'm doing this this detective picture and they like the idea to just shift from thing to thing like lamette yeah to just bounce from project to project and it's just like like the journey genre genre. yeah 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 i i well it's there's always there's often still a thread like i was just listening to pete berg which i didn't think i would have anything in common with the, with Pete Berg, so I sort of put off listening to his episode on WTF, and then I'm listening to him. I'm like, God, I'm like the girl version of this guy. Like, uh-huh. this is crazy. Um, we just we have some things in common. I don't do certain things that he does, but I do do some. Um, but he box. was talked at the end. Like, I don't, I don't, bo- <laughs> I don't box. I don't manhandle my uh-huh. my my uh, camera operators. But I like to be, you know, very, very efficient. I like to have a lot of momentum. I like loose, you know, both in in sort of improvisatory camera and also working with the actors. You know, I like it. There's a lot of things that we overlap on actually, but he talked about at the end uh, of this podcast. He says, you know what I really just want to do? just want to do a love story. Just a guy and a girl, you know, on the beach somewhere. And he's like, I'm actually writing a script. Uh-huh. And then he says, of course, you know, I mean, there's also a military component to it. Classic. It's like, Oh, okay. The lead. Wahlberg's the lead. Yeah. So there are certain things, you know, that, that, uh, even when they try and break out of their genre, sure, it doesn't always. Story of a guy and a girl and a tank. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. just like, he kind of yeah, still yeah. kind of can't shed. How romantic is that? Yeah. That's well, my neighbor. I guess he's working. He works in the show business. Huh. Worked. He just came home and, and took like basically his stuff out of his car, briefcase. Well, he might have an office, you know, where he's just alone somewhere. Hmm. So, what are we going to do now? Is this it? This is I do, it? my show is from my car. <laughs> this is apparently my, this is my new reality. Yeah. Is me driving around with a Zoom record. Why can't you still do it regular? 
Because I need a, I need a, a dedicated studio oh. that has like a phone system in it. And I was going into Forever Dog and using theirs. And then they're, they're, they're quarantined now. But there must be like, I was talking to Mark and encouraging him to do, figure out how to do phoners. And he, and he was saying, well, we don't have an ISD, ISD in line and a hard, you know, I understand well, there, all that. There's, there's got to be new ways. Absolutely. There yeah. is. And it's, that's, we're, we're going to nail some of those Skype? things down. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I, I've got an old Telos machine. Yeah, like a rack Telos. You have to plug that thing, and it'll be like uh, Independence Day. That's how you beat the virus: is the old technology. <laughs> I don't even know, dude, if I have a, a independent phone line. Uh huh. I'm sure I do. I got to ask Spectrum what the number is. <laughs> I don't because I don't use it. I'm, I use the Wi-Fi. Yeah, they're probably getting calls all the time of people just like trying to find out the basics. What's my phone number? Yeah, what's my phone? But number? um, because I don't have I don't have the phone. Mm-hmm. In there, but but the Telos doesn't. It, it's a big, complicated machine that I don't think you really need anymore because it doesn't change the quality of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It still sounds like a phone call. You can just plug it in oh. with an XLR XLR cable into yeah. a mixer. No, sure, there's, there's ways to get good quality uh, audio remotely on the yeah. computer, or or you have the other person download a certain app or whatever, and then they can record it on their end. There's different ways, even if they're not. I think I could do it if I. Did an interview where I'm looking at the person. Uh huh. Like if we use the sound from a mm-hmm. Skype conversation, we could both see each other. Yeah. Just some kind of bond that yes. that yeah. you share. It's not That's just, not just a phone line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. I wonder if we could do that. Yeah. There's got to be. Well, definitely. Even if you're using like Zoom or or yeah. or FaceTime or whatever for the audio. I mean, for the visual part of it. But then you're 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 it's recording. Getting, it's a matter of getting the audio out. Yeah. You know what's great is that right now people are hearing this and are screaming at it, yeah, saying like, like "Why don't yeah. you know the? You go, yeah, just gotta get on. that one thing." Yeah, and Brendan is one of the people screaming at it. He's just I don't know like if he knows how to put it. How do you put? Like, how do I plug the? How do I make the guy talking on that one machine <laughs> go through the other machine I have and back into the machine yeah. it came from? To make a tape, uh, to record it so I can hear it again. Yeah. He might be the smartest guy Who, I've Brandon? ever met, Brandon. I know, it's wild. Right? Isn't, isn't it crazy? crazy? I really think yeah. he's got to be top three no, smartest it, people. About anything. Yeah. 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 It's just, uh, and he's always like right, no matter what the question is, whether it's about film, sports, yeah. politics, he's like, it's he answers it as if he, he'd already thought it through. Like he'd already been thinking <laughs> about it. All the research. Yeah. He's the, he's the expert on it in any conversation, and I just end up listening to him, and it'll be a thing I brought up that I was ready to tell him about. So it's like, well, I guess you know a little bit more about it. You actually, and it's not like in a braggy or thing. It's like he just honestly has yeah. an in, intelligence. We're, we're about talking about things. Mark Marin's producer, yeah. Brendan McDonald. Yeah, Brendan, who right? You call him and you've got to tell him something, and then he then you end up going like, ah, oh, I didn't know that. Really? <laughs> oh, oh. So I didn't. Yeah, I was wrong. I think. <laughs> I've I've been doing that for a decade, dude. Yeah. For a, de- a decade of me going, like, oh right, so that's right. I didn't really think it all the way through. <laughs> and it's, I love that there are probably all these stand-ups who are just like, I just got to find a, a guy like that about Brendan. Oh yeah, yeah. everyone all the time Where's, is like, where you get that guy? I'm like, yeah, there is you no don't. Other. There was one, and you can't have mine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah just the whole you. Know, I wonder who has approached him like stand-ups. Like, I wonder if it just like, I just picture, you know, picture like 
Dane Cook oh, or right. whatever, whoever, just whatever What's like name. Marin's guy's name. Yeah. Who does Marin's? Yeah, name? exactly. I'll just, I'll just poach him. Yeah. People yeah. have offered him jobs. Believe me. Oh, I can only imagine <laughs> the people stand-ups that I know of. Yeah. But uh, he's he's he'll figure something out for you. With this. yeah, oh no, he's like uh, well, you know what's really helpful is that and and I don't. You know, obviously putting, you know, stuff together for guests and stuff or, or you know, we, we're we both pretty good at picking up most of the information. But he'll be he'll know a lot about certain people. I don't know anything about uh, in terms of what they do, like, you know, like the things that fascinate him that don't necessarily fascinate me. But but I agree with him that it'd be a good guest. So he if, for him to get me up to speed on them sure. is always exciting. Yeah. Like who's somebody that that you remember him? Well, like Rick into... Baker, you know, oh, like yeah. the, the effects guy. Like, yeah. I think that's interesting. But, you know, he was. Brendan was able to frame it for for me, like you know, this is an area of show business we never talk about. Yeah, that no one, you know, no one's thoroughly gotten into. He's mm-hmm. done all this amazing work. Look at the arc, you know, the arc of his career and and everything he's done, and you know, contextualizing it like that, like to like this is totally fitting for our show because you know you're talking to a creative guy who's important to move. You know, just putting it into context. What well, I yeah, I, well, I stunt people too. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think you should continue. I mean, I mean, obviously I'm a film person, so it's, but I really do think that people love those behind the scene, those, those kinds of ones. I think you could talk to Roger Deakins. I think you could talk to, you know, I mean, oh, you've talked to rock photographers like this. It's the same thing. Like if you talk to actual amazing, you know, award winning, um, cinematographers, editors, even, you know, like just oh, to yeah. talk about what their job just is. To talk you know? to the people who were there. That's like, why I was going to talk to Sonenfeld yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I like doing those, you know, directors yeah. sort of are not easy to get. And, uh, but that Ethan Russell guy, I just gravitated to, towards. Him. I was really hard to get. No, you weren't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't you want to, wouldn't you, you know, you should w- see the book Ethan Russell sent me. I showed it to uh-huh. you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the book's crazy. The, the about the tour. The, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. What? I, you yeah. guys, before we veer yeah. too far off, I just have to give props to Brendan McDonald for not only being a great producer, but he is one of the best editors I've ever. Having been a former editor myself, I really recognize and appreciate his unbelievable editing skills because he edits the shit out of those interviews. Mm-hmm. Always, even the really good ones that aren't, you know, have don't have to be sort of pieced together. Um. But meticulous, meticulous yeah. and so beautiful and making them flow and just, I mean, he's, he's brilliant. Well, the other thing I was going to say is that he, in terms of what you and I were talking about, is like back at Air America when I met him when he was 24, mm-hmm. you know, I was just this kind of reactionary idiot, you know, was uh, that he had to deal with. I was a uh-huh. radio host and I was like, hey, fuck Bush though, right? Uh-huh. And, and. <laughs> And we we had to get into these nuances where he, as a producer, really had to put things into context for me uh-huh. and tell me, you know, what the, the the deeper thoughts around policy and all that stuff. So if there's ever a need for us to, for him to really lock in and produce like that, uh huh, he can do it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if we got important shit to do, like the president's coming, he's like, "This is what we're doing." I'm like, he, "I'm all ears, man." Sure, like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you notice it's like it's like the invisible hand. It's like yeah. you notice bad editing, but you don't notice good editing. Oh no, yeah. You, well, some people need more than others, and it's really about shaping and, mm-hmm. and like he's able to find what what his gift is in in the process is that if he sees a theme or a mm-hmm. through line, he'll craft it with what he has in you know to honor that yeah. more, which yeah. is like it's crazy. Yeah. And the thing that's what people the podcast don't realize like you just get on and talk like there's some idiot who's like. Yeah, there, it doesn't, we don't need to go into specifics, but, you know, someone, uh, a guest was complaining, uh-huh. and it, so the, they're not happy. 
yeah. and it's one and it's crazy. But it's just sort of like they edited my thing and it's like, yeah, we edited all of them. Then, but there's some other idiot. It's like, oh, that's so wrong for, for a producer to edit a thing. I'm like, what's he talking about? Yeah. What, what, you, what planet do you think you're on? Yeah. That things aren't edited. Well, and some of them would not be; That's they wouldn't crazy. be listenable unless he edited them because they're all they're so crazy oh, and rambling. Yeah. And like you know, he makes them actually he makes people sound better, mm-hmm. more intelligent, more articulate. You know, that's really what he's doing. Yeah, sounds- he works with they with what they've given us. So it's not. I'm not saying that people wouldn't be unlistenable, uh-huh. but it, it's certainly a nicer experience. Yeah. But they never. The funny thing is, is a lot of them don't seem to know that it's been done. They're like, God, it really made sense that day, yeah. didn't I? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And it's like, yeah. where'd that go? The <laughs> Next time they do one, it's like, why do I keep saying um and like all the time? I really not put my thoughts together like I did on that WTF what episode. It, the, the thing he doesn't like is removing old people's noises. Like, uh, like, there's like they gurgle and things. There's, yeah. There, there's things Waddle. Go, yeah. There's something going on. Rattle. The yeah, rattling. There's a rattling. There. There's, yeah. There's things they're that weird. they're not aware of. You get that tooth whistle. It's something. Yeah. Right. Those are tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Does it drive, it, I always wonder if it drives him crazy that, that, that it doesn't seem like there's a place for sports on WTF. Like, cause he's such a baseball fan and such a sports guy in some way that it's just, but that's just not your, like you'd have to talk to a sports person who you don't, you don't have a, an affinity a for that. A few have come up and we've been able to deal with, like, you know, I did Kareem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but there has to be a really sort of significant other angle to it. Sure. I, yeah. It's just going to, I'm just going to be lost. I got nothing against him. Well, no, no, but it's, it's, but it's no way for me to talk about that. Yeah. But, but it's just what Kareem, Kareem represents something so much larger than sports. Yeah. And just this, I mean, I, I feel like he's one of those people when he, when he's gone, people will, re- will realize it's just like, oh, that was an all time giant of a, of a f- cultural force yeah. who informed the world in so right. many different ways. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like, he, but I'm like that with, even with like, you know, people like, you know, like Jeff Tweedy's coming on. I'm like, mm-hmm. I only really like the two records. Uh huh. And there's, a, you know, <laughs> and then I got to like figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, like figure out what's amazing about them. And then like, you know, kind of cram with sure. musicians, like cram and I'll, and I'll cram yeah. and like kind of, kind of you know, like, figure out where i'm going with everything but usually it works out yeah it gets there yeah did you listen to malcolm's record i didn't listen to it yet do you care about them yeah i like him he's good it's yeah. pretty good matt sweeney plays on it a lot okay well, but I'm, he's I'm, playing his newly uh newly uh lifted uh modu mokhtar okay. riffs okay yeah <laughs> it's funny it's like worst case thing if somebody's like i didn't like that one it's like there's 4,000 more of them. Just go pick a different, like when people are, I don't know. And I think sometimes it's me just projecting my own things on where it's just like, it's like nobody's complaining as much as I think they're complaining. We're like, I got to do a new thing or they're going to be furious. It's like, they know I'm a person. Yeah, but we invent that guy, Tom. When yeah. You, I mean, it's like, you know, we, that guy's lived in my head since I was a child. Yeah. It's like, nah, here comes this guy. Yeah. They're going to hate me. Yeah. Yeah. He stinks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything he's done stinks. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks he's good. Yeah. And then every once in a while, someone online or on the comment board mm-hmm. will be that guy, and you're like, yeah. how did he get out? Yeah. yeah but that's what you should always think. It's like they just hit that one note, and you're like, oh, see? See? And out of everything you've done, yeah. all the hours and all the compliments, the one dude that, that just 
that con- that hits your inner dialogue mm-hmm. on the nose. Yeah. You're like, see, oh man, see. Whenever, whenever somebody can hit a bullseye, oh, it's the worst. and it's like the thing is, you can't let them know they hit the bullseye. First of all, but you know, it's just like you got me on that one. Like just at home alone, it's like, well, that was a direct hit. I can never show anybody, tell anybody why that was a direct hit, but yeah. congratulations on that. I almost want, you almost want to say like, well, Good you job. actually, yeah. you actually did it. Yeah. I can't respond to him. Like no. there's, there's certain people that are so in tune with what I do. You're one of them where you'll, you'll know in an interview where you're like, oh, you didn't, you didn't like I that immediately one. will text Brendan. I'll just be like, man, ah, this is a good one. Mark's, Mark's like, I could tell where Mark's head's at on this one. Like, well, I could tell where Mark clicked the, started to look out the window a little bit. <laughs> like I can hear. And then Brendan will go, yup. <laughs> Just, and then he'll be like, well, get ready for this next one. <laughs> it'll be like, I'm glad you guys be, are having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Well, he just like, cause he knows I can hear it, that I'm hearing like the game within the game. Yeah. And I think he, I think maybe he's happy that somebody is like tracking the minutia. Oh, dude, wait, sometimes when, when like I'll tell him, sometimes I'm wrong and like, and it's better than I think, but sometimes like I just don't, like he knows. He mm-hmm. knows when I had to work. You uh-huh. know? Where yeah. like I'm just I'm just digging a hole where yeah. there's probably no water. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like you hear Conan like Conan would talk about maybe I don't know if this is a thing, but I remember just hearing he would just be like, There's these certain guests. I they come on and they're like they're dead on every other talk show and they come on and then I like dancing and pulling everything out of them and then they come off as fun and then there's like i only do that guy's show it's like he gets punished for it's like that's the show i do it's like so now i have to have this famous person on every six months and it's like he's just exhausted by the end of the interview because they know they're terrible everywhere else he well he'll go the distance conan to save a segment that's for sure yeah like that's like that was his gift was that like you know what some people could do with just like one sort of instinctive comedic beat? Yeah, he'll go on a whole roller coaster now ride for you. He'll outwork it. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, from a lot of different angles. Yeah. Wow. Oh. All right. We've been at it, man. We have. Well, this is exciting. This is the the beginning of the end. <laughs> How many of these have you done? This is it. This is the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, cheers. This when is uh, standing. Oh, standing I'm gonna put this heart. together tonight. And, and then try what? to get it up tomorrow. Oh, you just randomly put the best show up now? This week, yeah. I, I said I would oh. get one out this week. Oh, okay. And I just, I, I didn't get it on Tuesday, but the, it'll go out, it'll hopefully go up tonight or tomorrow. So you're going to go tinker with it now? Yeah, I'll just upload it, clean it up a little bit. Yeah. Put some intros, outros on it. Some music, you know, a little bit music of music going underneath. Absolutely. Yeah. going to cut it to ribbons. It's going to, it's going to go down to seven minutes. We've been out here three and a half yeah. hours. No, three and, and a half <laughs> hour. Count. It's like, yeah, edited by Brendan McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to Brendan. Yeah. Hey, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Nice hey, and tidy. Make, get something out of this. Yeah. Cause I, take, a, get, take a pass on this one. You've got time in between homeschooling your kid. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And dealing, dealing with, with the, the WTF thing that Mark sent you. <laughs> that's too long. Oh, well, thank you, Lynn and Mark, for doing this. I, I'm I honored. It. Yeah, it was oh, great, thanks. man. And I hope, anytime. Yeah, we'll keep, keep sane. Yeah, keep safe. Yeah, safe and sane. We will get through all of this. So I'll just take the mic then. You can you take the off. mic. Are you turn it off. Yeah.
All right. I don't need a wipe, do I? No, I'm going to. Oh, oh, you're going to wipe what I touched because I'm the monster. Yeah. I'm the monster. <laughs> now, now. We're, we take turns being the right, monster. Here we go. I'm popping it off. Yeah. Well, thank you to Lynn Shelton and Mark Marin for doing the show, for coming out into their driveway and talking to me and staying a safe distance, but also taking a step toward others. I know that sounds corny, but it's kind of true. It's pretty bleak sometimes, and you got to know other people still exist, and I know that's how I feel. It is something else, but... Here we are. This is where we find ourselves. And I guess I can just tell you, it's like, hang in there. I'm trying, you're trying, we're all trying. So, just keep hanging in there. We will get through this. We will. I know we can. I know we will. Uh, let's try to all do it together and all look out for each other and help artists who need help. Over at Bandcamp, a lot of people have their music up. Go and buy gift cards at places that might be closed, that have an online presence. If uh, you feel safe doing Grubhub or Postmates, whatever, just get people to get food from small places. It's going to be brutal, and we're at the beginning of that. We're nowhere near the end of that nightmare. So let's um, let's just get through that, huh? That's looking out for each other and I'm trying and I'm going to keep doing the show we've got a surprise for you next week uh, we'll announce you announce uh, coming in the face of all the other stuff we'll twist a little teaser and uh, more best show and more bonus content and Q&A's and all that stuff and thanks for supporting the show over at patreon.com slash the best show we appreciate it, and yeah, thanks for listening. And I'm also going to just say, it's like, I know uh, that, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just, sometimes it's such a loss here. Just hang in there, look out for each other, I'll do what I can, you do what you can. We're all looking out. Take care, and best show back next week. Bye.